Pastor Jack C. I want to welcome you to the broadcast. I'm here with my pretty wife, Pastor Michelle Pigeon. Together we pastor West Houston Christian Center in Houston, Texas, and we have been senior pastors for almost three years now. And, uh, you know, every day we're learning more and more about who we are and uh, what our purpose and what our goals are in life. But really, Pastor Michelle and I both thought that this would be a good time to talk a little bit about relationships, to talk about marriage. You know, it's an unending subject. Uh, there is no one that has an exhaustive or definitive list on exactly what marriage should be or shouldn't be. Each uh, marriage is unique. Each marriage comes with its own set of strengths and weaknesses. But if we always go back to the Word, if we always go back to what Jesus said, then we're always going to know that our marriage is going to be built on the rock. Amen? Amen. We are doing a series that we've been on for several weeks, and in some ways we're going to be wrapping it up here soon. And as we do, we just want to put in summary some things and tell you a really important thing, that love is the primary goal, to yeah. love one another, to love God first and to love one another. And I know that as we as we wrap it up, we, we want to encourage people who are in marriage, whether it's going really well or you're having a lot of challenges or people that want to be married, or even if this is someone watching that just needs to know how to encourage someone in their marriage because that's not something you're involved in at this time. The greatest thing we could teach you is about God's love by faith. And when we previously walked through this series, we gave you a foundation of understanding about covenant because marriage should be a covenant, not just some contract or Amen. something you could get out of if you're don't feel it's going well. And we talked about order and we talked about submission one to another and submission wives to your own husbands. Um, but that all leads to love's ability by faith to flow because we have to ask God um, to help us in everything that we do and God is love. That's so good. You know, we, we study and pray together, but we don't study together. And so it's so interesting when we come in to share how much we're on the same page as to what the Holy Spirit wants to say to us. And really, we're just kind of going back to some foundational things that what is your marriage based on? I want to read something out of Ecclesiastes, and this is out of the fourth chapter. You know, you're super spiritual if you go to Ecclesiastes. That's a really spiritual book. I'm being funny. But Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 12 says, Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. And what that was likening us to is that, you know, when Michelle and I, we got married and we're going on, it'll be 27 years um, next year. But when we got married, it wasn't just her and I down front. There was a minister who happened to be my father who was a representative mm -hmm. of God. Yeah, that's true. And he was that threefold cord. When Michelle and I got married, um, we did not get married trying just based off of our own what we could do or what we couldn't do off of our own strengths and weaknesses, although that's a big part of it. What's the most important thing is to remember that there's a threefold cord that even though Michelle and I are in covenant and have been and will continue to the rest of our lives, that covenant will never break. It's not contingent on just me and her. We have the Father. We have that love. We have heaven, we have everything else that's kind of binding us together. And so the marriage is not based on, I'm so glad it's not based on how we feel because I'm sure there's days that people get up in marriage and like, I don't feel married today. Well, that doesn't matter how you feel. I have something deeper than that. And so that three, you know, we both kind of wrote this down. It takes faith to get married. 
Amen. I would encourage you, if you're believing God to get married, that you need to be using your faith for that, that you need to be um, vocalizing and speaking and standing and using your faith to believe God for not just a wife or a husband, but the wife or the husband, because God has a plan for your life. But it also takes faith to stay married. And you will go through, you know, every season in life, summer, spring, winter, and fall, and uh, it will take faith to stay married. Mm-hmm. That's really like precious in a way to remember because if you don't walk by faith, you can't even please God. But if you do walk by faith, there is absolutely nothing that's impossible to you. And and marriage is something that God planned from the very beginning. And it was his original intent that they be, you know, made in his image, man and woman, and that they come together in this covenant with order and um, one submitting to another, not ruling over each other. We were given dominion. We were given dominion over the fish and the animals and, and the, you know, earth itself, but we weren't given dominion over each other. And yet submission is something where I come up under him so that there is order. And all of these things that we've been teaching over the last couple of weeks are really important because... If you don't have God's way in your marriage or in your life, then it's hard for him to be there. So I would say it like this. God is love, but sin separates us from God. So if we have disorder or sin of any kind in our life or sin in our marriage or you know just any kind of chaos in our, in our marriage, then unfortunately it's hard for God, who is love, to flow in that, to be present all the time. We have to have God. So by faith, we have to believe that He is and we need to run to Him. I was even thinking about how most of the time when people get married, they don't realize they have a selfish ambition Mm. for themselves. But in reality, God's original intent was for them to be complementary to one another. Of course, I'm a helpmeet comparable unto Him, but that we were not, the word actually says, it's not good for man to be alone. It's such a wonderful thing not to be alone. But it wasn't really just for the purpose of you meet all my needs. It was for the purpose of God's plan. Yeah. He had a plan for us to share with everyone else who he was and the goodness of who he was. And we would do that better together because we have an enemy. We would do that better in defeating the enemy together than alone because a twofold and then with God, of Amen. course, the threefold cord is not easily broken. So God didn't intend for it to be something where you were going around alone, and if you got a little off target with the Lord, you know, that you had to all of a sudden, you know, falter for a long period of time. But it was intended that if he was struggling a little, even with the enemy with something, that boom, I could come in and be strong. Or vice versa, if yeah. I was really struggling, he could come in and be strong and resist the enemy for us. But the intention is that we're to be in God's original intent of working together. And yeah. in that, there's so many blessings. There's so much um, joy. There's so much enjoyment. There's so many treasures and, and memories you can make. You know? Absolutely. That's so good. Um, I wrote this down. When we purpose to make God the center of our marriage, the anchor, the foundation, then when the attacks come, we are prepared and we cannot be defeated. That's See, good. Because that's in our good. union, there's a strength. And that's why, you know, we don't talk a lot about this in marriage because marriage is filled with its own, you know, we've said before, you know, I, I was the world's greatest husband until I got married. You know, I was the world's greatest father until I had kids because until we actually are, are, are getting live fire, we really don't know what's in us or what's going to come out of us. But I do know that we have an enemy, and I do know that this enemy hates marriage. Yes. He hates the fact that a man and a woman can do this wonderful thing and become one flesh. You know, Satan has, from the beginning of time, 
wanted to be the center of attention. And uh, when God gave man and woman the right, the ability, the place to become one flesh, Satan looks at that and he hates it because he wants to be the center of attention. And so there is a vicious attack. There's so much um, poor teaching. There's so much just um, garbage that comes against a traditional marriage, but it really is the center. I mean, believe it or not, the traditional marriage is the center of all civilization. It is the foundation in which everything in the earth is made or produced. And when that foundation is attacked, it attacks, it affects everything. If you go back and you look at children who are successful in life, who are productive, who are doing wonderful, great things, there was a foundation there of a husband and wife, a mother and father, who are operating in their God-given roles. And those roles aren't weaknesses. Those aren't, when Michelle operates in her role as the wife, as the female, there's nothing weak about that. There's a strength and a power that she imparts that actually the devil hates. Uh, when I act in my role as a father, as a leader, as a husband, there's a strength in that that produces strength in our children and there's a confidence Then they go and they fulfill their call and their destiny and the enemy hates that. Wow, it says it in the Word. Christ always causes us to triumph. He yeah. wants us to triumph in everything. And I was thinking about an error that I made in one of the last broadcasts. So I'm, this is a perfect time to just fit this in. I said that the first mention of, of the word submit was in Romans. But I realized as I was studying more and some things I had written down that the same Greek word that is used for submit in all the contexts that I've been talking about in some of the last broadcasts is also used for the word subject often. And so the real first time that you see it, so I'm correcting this, is when Pastor, my husband, mentioned the Luke uh, 2.51 verse about Jesus subjecting himself to his parents. Well, first of all, that's such a beautiful example of how he didn't correct me publicly, and he didn't even tell me, the Lord told me, but he covered that, and he brought that version or that verse in and talked about it. That's the first mention. Why am I bringing that up? Because... Not just to correct, although it's very important that if we make an error, we correct it. If we make an error in our marriage, we should go and apologize, ask for forgiveness and correct it. But the real reason I'm bringing it up as well is that before anything, submission and subjection was a, ex, given to us as an example by Jesus. And you shared that in a different broadcast, but here's the point. The very thing that God wants us to do, submitting to the word, submitting to him, submitting to each other, submitting mm -hmm. me to my own husband, children submitting to their parents, these things. It's all about what Jesus did as an example so he could be triumphant yeah. and therefore give us victory. He overcame evil. He completely obliterated the power of the enemy over us and gave us authority in heaven and earth. And, and he has given Amen. us just joy upon joy. Our, we have eternal life. We have prosperity. We have healing. We have deliverance. All because he subjected himself. Love subjected himself to order so he could give us back order that was stolen or that we gave over by our sin. All he wanted mm. was to come in love and bring back order so we could be triumphant. That's so good. Let's go to, um, let's look at 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7. Once again, he's, he's dealing with husbands. And so the audience here is husbands. So men, he's talking to us. Husbands and future husbands, he's talking to us. 
He says, husbands, likewise dwell with them, he's talking about our wives, with understanding, giving honor to the wife as the weaker vessel and as being heirs together of the grace of life Mm. that your prayers may not be hindered. Mm. Now, there's a whole lot in that verse. Men, if your prayers aren't getting answered right now, I think the Lord is, is showing all of us this might be the source of why that's not happening. Um, if we're not dealing with our wives or dwelling with our wives with understanding, if we're not dwelling with our wives with affection, if we're coming in and we're the lawgiver and we're making all the decisions and, you know, the Bible says she's the weaker vessel. The only thing that means she's a weaker vessel in is that God has given men a physical strength. She's always going to need me to do the pickle jar to open it for her. And for a lot of other things. But that's the only way that I'm stronger than Michelle. Michelle is smarter than me. She's more educated than me. She's her strengths far, but that doesn't intimidate me as a man. The only place where the Bible shows that she is a weaker vessel is in physical strength. Men, we were created in this world to be providers. We were created for hard labor. My wife, your wife should never be touching a piece of lawn equipment unless she wants to. Amen. That's the only place where she is considered to be weaker. But let me just, there's a word in here that is just so missing in our world today. And I want to contrast something real quick. The Bible says that I am to honor her. How can I honor my wife? How can I give value? How can I put great price? How can I consider her a treasure and lord over her at the same time or consider her to be less than I am? Which is what a lot of mainstream religious teaching has tried to say about the wife and about the woman. Women, you can't teach. Women, you shouldn't be in the church. Women, you can't be a pastor. You can't. How can I say that to her and yet honor her at the same time? Do you see the conflict there? Nowhere in the Bible does it say that women are any less than men. We are separate, but we are equal in what we've been called and created to do. Why would I cut off half of the Godhead and say that you are not allowed to teach me anything because I'm the man, but yet here very clearly, if I want my prayers answered, it's important that I honor my wife. I can't do both at the same time. Wow, I can only speak for the women and what the Lord speaks to us as women. So let me just say this, and this is funny because women always go into the details. If you were to back up from these awesome verses that you're using to the verses before, see, we put numbers, well, I didn't say we, but they put numbers into the Bible originally so that you would know how to find something, but they weren't originally there, so therefore the the words just flowed together like in First Peter as a letter. So if you look at First Peter, Uh, 2.25, the last verse in 2, before you go right into the verses he's talking about in 1 Peter 3, it says, For you were like sheep going astray, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Then it says, Wives, likewise be submissive to your own husbands. Well, I had looked up in my study the word astray because that word stuck out to me. And it means to be deceived, to err, to be seduced. Um, It also means to wander out of the way. It means uh, out of its root um, to have delusion. And so here is our part. If we can stay in order and recognize that it's not a controlling thing, like as he operates in this love and honor, 
then we can come up under and be obedient to the mm. Lord in this. And we are so empowered and so safe and so blessed and kept from deception, kept from error, kept from wandering off from the truth and virtue, actually. It does say that too. It talks about um, the truth and virtue. Um, let me just see where I wrote that down. It says, um, the definition to properly cause to roam from safety, truth, or virtue, to go astray, deceive, err, seduce, wander out of the way. Well, I'm I'm saying when I'm up under him in God's order, he's gonna help me. God's gonna help me not get away from truth, away from virtue. That order is such a protection to keep us abundantly able to be blessed, but abundantly able to access the blessings. Yeah, that's good. And so we are to submit to our own husbands. And that verse is in there, ladies, so many times. And we're talking about love today, but that's love. It doesn't yeah. mean that we submit to, of course, we've said this many times, you don't have to submit to abuse and any kind. But right. at the same time, love can pull aside and intercede and pray so and good. just speak the word. And remember, because we're talking about love, just so we don't run out of time, remember 1 Corinthians 13, yeah, especially so 4 good. through 8. Love is is patient. Yeah. First of all, the definition is patient. Be patient. A soft answer turns away wrath. Amen. If we're not whole, we will immediately react and be offended when the best friend in our life mm -hmm. says something short with us or a little bit unkind. First, let's figure out, has he had a terrible day? You know what I mean? Because it's probably not personal. He's probably just familiar and able to be himself and is relaxing and then without realizing he maybe snapped at me or I've snapped at him. Let me say me snapped at him. We at In Love, we have to be able to go, Lord, help me, heal me so I don't just get easily offended, mm -hmm. and help me be first patient. Then return with kindness, because love is kind. Not be in this competition or envious or parading or puffed up or right fighters or behaving rudely or mm -hmm. seeking our own or, you know, but thinking no evil. Not rejoicing at iniquity. We don't just let him browbeat us or he doesn't let me browbeat him, you know, yeah. but we are able to speak in love, and if it doesn't work, walk away and pray. Um, ask the Lord what to do. He'll tell us what to do. Amen. Every step of the way, God wants to cause you to triumph. That's good. You know, as we're coming to the end of the broadcast, I just want to, you know, Michelle and I have been married for a number of years, and men, this is a, a something that's easy for us to do, is that, you know, we can look at our wives as our partner, and she is. Michelle's my partner. And uh, there were times when we'd be going through something and I felt like Michelle and I were in that foxhole and we were shooting and we were, you know, we're fighting against the enemy. Yeah, then all right. of a sudden, Michelle would stand up and put her gun down and say, do you love me? And I would be like, well, we're in this battle right now. Don't you see that you're my partner in this battle? And that's a wrong mindset, men. While yes, of course, she is our partner she is someone to be honored uh, in the marriage. She is not just a partner that's, that's shooting back at the enemy with you, that there is a certain way that the Bible tells me that I am to respond to her with love, with affection, with attention, with my words, with all those types of things. I can't just take for granted all those things that she needs that the Bible tells me to give as a husband just because she's in that foxhole together with us. You know, as we're moving forward, we're going to be talking a little bit more about honor. And I feel like that's something that God has put on my heart to share on some of the broadcasts. And I'll probably bring Pastor Michelle back on some of that and some guests. But uh, we need to learn what honor is. And uh, I think if we put value on those things that God values, we'll get the blessings associated with them. Thank you for letting me say one more thing. I can tell you're nodding to me, so thank you. I just want to say... 
when you're in that foxhole and you're fighting, remember, we're not fighting against flesh and blood, so don't let the enemy turn you to fight against each other, because that's what he's talking about. And so then I'm like, okay, we got to get back to love. I don't always do it. Sometimes he does it. In fact, he probably does it more than me, because he is just wonderful about being my best friend and walking in love. But wives, listen, love, by definition, at the end says it never fails. You cannot fail. Amen. Um, and God will do miracles if you will stay in love. And in closing, it actually says in the word in Titus, for women to even teach other women to love their husbands mm, and their children. Amen. So it is so vital in this world and it will not fail you if you do it God's way and you ask him for help to do it because he doesn't intend for you to do it without him because he's love. Amen. Why don't you pray over wives real quick and then I'll pray over the husbands okay. as we're ending. Yeah, that sounds good. Father, I come before you and I honor you and I bless you and I praise you and exalt you above everything else. I even ask you to forgive me for any sin because I don't want to have my prayer hindered in any manner. And I just humbly ask you, Lord, for every woman who wants to be married, who is married, who wants to help somebody else with their marriage, that you today would draw them close to you, give them understanding of all your words in the Bible about a wife or about women. Thank you, Lord. Give them more revelation than they've ever had before and help them to understand it and then apply it to their life. And above all, Lord, be Lord of their life. Be love to them. Love them unconditionally in a way they can receive. Thank Heal you, their wounds where they've been unloved and abused, where they've been rejected and abandoned, so that they can be whole, receive your love, and abundantly express that love to others, but first to you and then to their husband if they have Thank one, you, or that which they're believing for eventually, or for those that just need love um, I just thank you, Lord, that you are causing them to receive like-minded, faith-filled, godly, even friendships so that they can love others and be loved. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in their lives. Mm -hmm. We ask you to order their steps, direct their path, and show them the path of life for them regarding marriage, regarding relationships. You show us the path of life, and in your presence is fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore at your right hand. So we thank you Amen. that you're going to bless them today and keep them in love, in Jesus' name. And Father, I just pray over all the men, Lord, those that are desiring to be married and those that are. You know, the Bible says that he desires a wife, desires a good thing. So Lord, I thank you, Lord, that this is a good thing. It's a good thing to want to yes. be married and it's a good thing to be married. But Father, I just pray and ask for revelation, Lord, biblical revelation of who we are in the Bible concerning uh, being a husband, being a father, being a provider, Lord, and as a man, learning to, to, to cast all of our cares over onto you, to not bring the stress of our lives home to, to our families, Lord. Forgive us where we give our, our wives the, 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 the least part of our time, where we give the world all of our time. Forgive us, Lord, when we treat waitresses kinder than we do our own family. Forgive us, Lord, for not having a biblical revelation of the role of a woman, the role of a mother, a wife, Lord, that these are honorable. These are the most, these are the things that are eternal. So Lord, I just pray over every man in the sound of my voice, Lord, show us how to, to um, just to speak words softly, Father. Show us, Lord, um, how to honor our wives with our time and our talent, Lord. And we just thank you, God, for all the marriages, Father, that they're strengthened, um, that we need one another, Lord, that there's opportunities, Father, for fellowship and for uh, getting to know one another. And uh, we just thank you, Lord, for the biblical pattern that you've given us 
in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I do want to say this, that if you're really wanting your marriage to thrive, you need to be planted in a church. You need to be planted. You, we, we become islands unto ourselves. And um, for whatever reason, Sunday morning seems to be the only time that we can find. That's a lie from the pit of hell. If you want a godly, if you want a great harvest, you've got to be planted in the right soil. So we invite you, come, West Houston Christian Center or another faith-filled church around you. Come, plant your family in the house of the Lord. And I promise you, you will produce a great harvest. This is Pastors Jack and Michelle, West Houston Christian Center. We love you. We hope this broadcast was a blessing to you. And uh, Jesus is Lord.